Hello everyone, welcome back to Ragnarsson Invest podcast. Our today's guest is Greg Norris from Erster and we're going to talk about LCA, life cycle assessments. Uh, Greg, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for joining us and sharing your experience. Great to be here. Thank you. Um, before we deep dive into into detailed aspects of how to make an assessment, maybe uh, let's start with a simple thing. I'm a founder and I know that I need an, to do to make an LCA. What are my options? What's the spectrum of uh, of options available to me as a founder, as a producer of or some some stuff that and I need an LCA? Right. Well, um, until now, I would say, including you know today, what what everyone is aware of, you you really need to hire a consultant. You might be able to uh, engage a very talented employee who has um, a year or two of experience and, and plenty of training, ideally a master's degree in engineering. But you're, you're most likely to uh, go uh, hire a consultant and um, you'll easily spend at least 20,000 euros for a simple uh, study. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, for many founders that's way, unacceptable, I would say. Well, and, and I would say you probably first you need to get in line and wait for a while because uh, the demand for life cycle assessment uh, practitioners and, and studies has skyrocketed in the last year or two. It continues to grow exponentially. So that's what I should say. Uh, take a number and get in line. Unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so on one end of the spectrum, we have consultants, which are, tend to be expensive. You have to wait for it. But I'm a founder, I tend to move quickly, I have clients in line, I have investors in line. Consultants are not an option for me. What else is there? Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, uh, with Erster, we're really trying to radically open up lifecycle assessment insights and full-scale lifecycle capability to everyone. We're, we're really trying to explode in a positive way the accessibility of life cycle assessment. The planet needs it, no question about it. You know, all the goals we have as a, as a species to, to um, get greenhouse gas emissions down to levels that would ideally not cause warming over 1.5 degrees Celsius. We have to do it right away. And everyone has a role to play. We, we can't do it without you know, businesses across the economy taking action, governments taking action, citizens taking action. So clearly the planet needs the kind of insights we'll, we'll talk about that, that life cycle assessment can provide. And Erster is, is a, a project that really focused uh, right on this, this task of making it accessible. So I could say, what will you do? What could you do with Erster? You, you could watch some videos in our website. Um, they'll give you a, a quick introduction to how to use the software. And you could begin to use it uh, to, to study yourself, you know, study the impacts that your, whatever your business brings, the innovation that your business brings. Now, um, life cycle assessment itself, it has been hard for two reasons. Number one, it's well, probably more than two, but 
two of the reasons has been the, the, the sort of irreducible complexity of life cycle assessment and the very reducible complexity of the software. So we've, we've really believe we've solved the first and we're getting good evidence about that. Can uh, we sorry, dive a bit deeper into the first, uh, the first problem? Yes. So in other words, the complexity of life cycle assessment itself, um, is that what you'd like me to dive deeper on? It would be great just to understand. So if we have a spectrum of here, you have a highly paid consultant to do the job. And on the other end, we can simplify things with a software tool. How is it possible that you managed to build a tool? You must have done some sort of simplification to, to be able to make it more accessible to 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 normal businesses with, with without a high budget for, for LCA solutions. Mm-hmm. We've incorporated a number of innovations in the design of Erster for sure. Um, one thing we've done is that one thing to point out actually is that lifecycle assessment software until now has been supplied to the market by companies who are also lifecycle assessment consultants. And so you have people who are very familiar and comfortable with LCA creating software that works well for them. And you even have companies, unfortunately, with a bit of a uh, incentive to keep the tool a bit complicated to use, or at least they lack an incentive to make it so easy that their clients have less need for their services. Um, in Erster's case, we, we absolutely stay out of the consulting business. Companies ask us, oh, can you help us? Uh, and we say, that's not our role, but we do have partner firms that, that are consultants that use Erster and they'll be happy to help you. So um, we have no incentive to make it complicated. And secondly, we really started fresh. The, the Erster interface was designed by a wonderful artist um, and interface user experience designer uh, with experience developing e-commerce platforms for consumers and zero experience or familiarity with lifecycle assessment. So, you know, he had to visualize how do I make this something that I understand? And that really helps. Um, we've done a number of other things. We've made it highly visual, um, instantly interactive. So you get feedback every moment of your use. You, the, the software is basically responding to your touch. It's every time you enter a number or change a number, um, the results and the display of the results changes. So there's a kind of feedback going on that really facilitates learning, facilitates engagement. And uh, so those are some of the innovations. So, so I hear, I see here two different uh, barriers or problems that you overcome. So the first one was a lack of incentive for the players on the market to actually develop something of use because they were basically getting a high fees for their consultancy. And the second one mm -hmm. is a poor uh, user experience and user interface of existing tools. So basically difficult to use for a non-professional. That's right. That's a great summary. Yes. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, I think it's also worth uh, pointing out one aspect that you you've mentioned that you can constantly change some values, some numbers, and play around with the model, which is not really yes. an option when you hire a consultant, which is extremely flexible oh. tool, very useful, especially for founders, early stage, when the product is changing constantly, you need to change assumptions, and this type of a tool is really uh, supporting this type of, of running a business as well, so to say. Uh, there's no Definitely. way a consultant will change uh, any number you want, anytime you want. <laughs> no, in fact, I have some funny stories uh, related to that, if you like. Uh, absolutely. Just a couple. You know, one was that someone familiar with other uh, LCA software tools asked me recently, oh, how can I do sensitivity analysis in, in uh, Erster? And I said, change a number. You know, li literally type a new number in and watch what happens. You know, in, in the other tools, you have to, you know, let's create a copy, let's uh, modify a number. Let's build the model, wait, wait, literally minutes for the new model to be built. Let's click run. Let's, you know, load in the old model and the new model into a, uh, into a comparison and so on, you, you know, so, so that's number one. The other uh, story is not so funny, really. Um, uh, a friend, a startup business, actually, um, they spent over a year waiting for a life cycle assessment to be done. It cost over $50,000. And of course, like a good life cycle assessment study, it generated in the founder's mind a lot of questions. He said, oh, well, if, if this step of the manufacturing process is highly polluting, what if we uh, substituted renewable energy here? And the consultant quickly told him, no, <laughs> we've already agreed on the scope of the analysis. These are the questions we're answering. Those are out of scope. And he had a list of five or 10 questions for me right away that he wanted to answer. So I um, got some information from him and built him an Erster model of his process. And he started to use it to do lots of what if questions. And like you, like you said, um, it's a continuous learning process. Um, I think in the early days of LCA and most of its history, it's all been about writing reports. But now it's about uh, finding insights and continuously improving things and asking what if and visualizing the future and making the future better than the past. And that requires a much more dynamic approach to life cycle assessment. We, we call it, in Erster, we call the, the experience living LCA. And it's alive partly because you're continuously interacting with the model. But what's also exciting is it's not just you. That's the, maybe that's the other innovation about Erster is we've taken it off of your desktop and put it in the web. And of course, the web is accessible to everyone. So your suppliers and their suppliers can be part of the modeling. And <laughs> they're generating new data all the time. They're innovating all the time. And with Erster, the result of their innovations flows into your models. So you might wake up, you know, on, on Wednesday morning and, and drinking your coffee, find out that your product got greener overnight because somebody in your supply chain implemented some innovations, substituted renewable energy, 
etc. And now you're greener and you might want to send a, some message to your customers that now uh, our products are greener, so yours are too. I think it's a problem that uh, many people who are working with any type of analytics, uh, the problem they face is that it's one on one hand, you need to be able to create an assessment and analysis of something, but how to make use of it and how to create a tool that is doing both actually, on one hand doing the analysis assumption, but on the other suggest some activities or tell you the effects of your activities. That That's the, the, the value of a really useful tool that it's worth consider using, I would say, for founders. <laughs> yes, and that's right. I mean, of course, our goal with Erster is not just to get everyone doing LCA either. I, I should have said we're that's a means to an end. And of course, the means to the end is exactly as you say, uh, the innovation, the change that people will um, discover is powerful. And they'll differentiate the powerful changes from the ones that don't make a difference and they'll implement the, the changes that do. As a, as a potential client, the, the first thing that comes to my mind when I, when I think about a solution like Earthster is, is the precision of, of the tool. So this is some sort of simplification of, of the real world and it costs a fraction of, of what a consultant would would make out of it. So my first impression is, okay, it's going to be some sort of simplified, so the precision, precision might be lower. Whereas when I work with a consultant, he has to a very tailored made service and really uh, try to model as precisely as, as possible what I have uh, within my product or whatever, kind of uh, whatever the assessment I do. So how does it look like in, in your case? Yes, that's a great point. Um, there are some examples of tools that came before Erster, which really uh, achieve a simpler experience by simplifying lifecycle assessment, as you point out. Uh, I can think of two um, examples or types of example. One that really serves up a simplified lifecycle assessment and it takes away a lot of the, um, you, you just can't do as much with it. You, you, you can't do a full LCA with it. You can do kind of a cartoon of a, of a life cycle assessment. That's it. So simplifying life cycle assessment itself, it was one option that people tried. Uh, another thing that's actually become popular lately are something which you could call dashboards. For those, a consultant does a real LCA, and then they they export some data into a dashboard, and the user can can play with the numbers, can do some whatever what if calculations the consultant had in mind and predicted that the eventual user would like to answer. I've actually built Excel dashboards in the past before Erster. I had customers that I, I did my best to guess the questions they would ask. I, I pro provided a spreadsheet that would answer those questions. But with Erster, we've really managed to have a full scale lifecycle assessment tool with a user experience that's inviting and that's clear and interactive. So now there's no exporting of a model into a dashboard. There's just Consultants build the full-blown model, 
and they allow the user to interact with the full-blown model but that that interaction ability is inviting and visual and can be can be as simple or as complicated as the as the uh, user intends but just you know we have consultants who are doing full LCA studies, the old fashioned kind of LCA studies, writing a report and charging $50,000 for the project, but they're using Erster as their tool because they can get it done more quickly and they can at least show the results in the web interactively to the client along the way, get some ideation going and they invite the client to um, have an account and use the model if the client is interested and most clients actually once they see Erster, once they realize that they can ask it follow up questions they uh, they're interested in having a copy of the model so any kind of uh, the way i understand it is any kind of precision problems is more on the side of a human being that it's using the software to model the the situation than the limitation of the software itself that's right the the We've not, we've, the data that's available in Erster is the same data that's available in the more uh, harder to use tools. It's professional world, you know, it's the best available data on earth for lifecycle assessment. That's, um, by the way, the EcoInvent database, uh, which is an international database. Um, it comes from a research institute in Switzerland, but it's global, it's got data on global supply chains. That's in Erster in its full transparency, just like it is uh, hopefully in, in other uh, LCA software tools. And we have other databases in there as well. As you point out, there's still the human element. Um, how, you know, how well can human beings actually build a, a sophisticated model? And I would say that Erster really helps there too, because it, it's not just neutral, it's really helpful. The, the fact that uh, I experienced this myself, when I'm building a model in Erster, it's, it's always real time. It's, it's a, I get into a flow and uh, I'm thinking about the problem and I'm focused on the modeling and I'm just building the model. And honestly, with the other tools that I've used and, and taught LCA with over, over decades, um, you, you accomplish a modeling step you click on a button to do something and you wait and you probably you get up and get a cup of coffee which that's healthy but <laughs> you, more often you check email you know you um and then you're caught up in the email and you forget that what you were doing or you come back to your model and you say oh the results are done i'm ready to take the next step what was i doing again <laughs> you know that's not ideal um circumstances for for really good modeling I'm curious also about one more aspect when it comes to accuracy of the numbers uh, you're using. Like, uh, no matter what type of a solution uh, I, I will decide on using, quite often it's hard for founders to find really accurate numbers when it comes to, to whatever is related to, to, to production. Yes. When it's okay to use average amounts, with a simple example, you know, average footprint of a t-shirt, production of a t-shirt, it's X amount of, of CO2. When it's okay to use average numbers and when it actually could 
cause more harm and be misleading. So maybe it's better not to use any numbers at this stage if you don't know them. Is there any way how to assess that? Absolutely. I think it I think the real key here is does the imprecision that's unavoidable, as you say, uh, the, the, for example, the imprecision due to uncertainty in my own mind, I'm not sure how many t-shirts I need or imprecision about, I'm not sure which kind of t-shirt, I'm not sure where I'm going to source it, maybe I'm not sure how it's made. There, there are imprecisions across the models and um, the key is to ask the software, literally, will this, does this imprecision change my decision, does it alter the insights? And again, as I mentioned, you could change numbers in an instant is one, is one possibility. The other thing you can do with Erster is at any time you can create a duplicate. You know, just you click a, a times two icon and you have a duplicate, change something about it and see if it matters. Um, what we also recommend to users, and I recommend this to students all the time, they, they look at maybe, let's say, different types of trucking or different data on different kinds of alloys of steel. And they say, well, I'm not sure uh, about the recycled content of the steel, or I'm not sure about the alloy. I'm not sure about the truck. So what I suggest to them, since Erster is instantaneous, you, you can grab all of the options and instantly look at a comparison. And if you find out that they're very close in, in, in footprint, let's say in carbon footprint per, per unit of output, then you, you realize, well, this, my uncertainty about which to choose doesn't matter. But if it's, if they're very different, now you know it does matter. And my recommendation usually at that point is choose the high impact, make a note to yourself in the model. You can always put a little note anywhere in the modeling that uh, I've made a conservative assumption. And now we check, for example, the truck. Let's say that the trucking is really different, but I'm not sure if transport is important in my life cycle. So I choose a high impact truck. I get my results. And if I see that even with the high impact truck, trucking is 2% of the footprint. Now I know it's okay to, to assume a high impact truck, but if trucking is 20% or more of the footprint, now I say, well, I'm going to need to find more information to get the right truck yeah. uh, model in my It seems you, like you thought about everything <laughs> in your product. Uh, I'm, you I'm curious, how, how does it look like? I mean, for, based on your vast experience with this topic, it, because what you describe is basically once I'm trying to model something, I can play with the numbers and see how it affects the overall number. But... Is there any is there any rule of thumb that, that you learned over the years that even without really modeling something, you know that, okay, those averages, it's going to be just too inaccurate? Yes. Uh, well, um, there are a, there is a lot of art to life cycle assessment, and there is a lot of um, accumulated, as you say, rules of thumb over time um so you um 
I think we really do need to uh, address the human learning aspect of, of life cycle assessment effectively. If we've, now that we've got a platform in Erster, which is accessible to so many more people, one of the things we're actually trying to do right now uh, in partnership with other organizations is train some people in life cycle assessment. And we only, we just take two weeks to give them an intensive training in life cycle assessment. Then they do an internship with a company where they, for two months, they, they build some life cycle assessment models for the company that are of value to the company. And then here's the key, we encourage those people to become mentors of new learners in this growing community of life cycle assessment practitioners. We really do, we, we can't pretend that um, there's, a, there's a human learning, a very important human learning, uh, even a wisdom development, art development aspect to this. I mean, you could make a guitar super fun to use, but you know, I won't still play a really nice song unless I practice and, and really get good at it. it. Might not be a great example, but there's an art to this and we need to foster communities of learning and also communities where you can ask a question. You know, I'm stumped, I'm not sure how to do this and, and people help each other out. Um, and that's, we're in very early stages of trying to plant the seeds of those communities. Maybe founders, you know, I mean, I'd love to hear your ideas uh, about how to incentivize and, and encourage people in startups to, to offer that kind of help to one another and, and you know, I think when that. it comes to impact startups, um, it's more common and it's happening. We've seen, we've seen like the shared experience platforms or generally founders uh, sharing experience. So it, it's more common when it comes to impact uh, driven people, basically because they believe that there's no way to do impact alone. It's a, like a group effort. So that's why it's right. a bit, little bit easier. So I think when um, I'm generally very uh, huge believer in there is someone there who knows the answer to my question and it's usually works. So I think uh, when it comes to founders, they are not shy of just asking those questions around and, and, and seeing who, who can answer that. So maybe there's right. no structure around that, but this type of just uh, workflow around that, uh, it, it's there. The seeds are there, I would say. I think that that willingness, I, I really can see what you mean, the, the, the almost eagerness of founders to share lessons learned. Um, so if one founder asks another, how did you estimate impact? We could have word of mouth this way. And the founder could say, I had this woman who did a wonderful life cycle model for us in Erster and either she can tell your uh, analyst how, how to uh, build these models and take it from there. The last question that I that we would like to ask you is um, is a bit more from your personal experience. You are a scientist and a person with a very deep domain expertise in, in LCAs, uh, but yet you become a become a startup founder, and it's we know that it's not your first business. It would be really interesting to to hear a bit of a story of how did you go through this transition. Wow. Um, 
so we'll, we'll get into the lessons learned thing, although I'm, I'm still <laughs> early in the learning. Uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, I still got a lot of learning ahead, I sure hope. Um, I can, um, as you mentioned, uh, I'll, tr I'll try to just maybe share one or two quick uh, thoughts from that. One is that I, it just happens I actually had a wonderful opportunity to become a full-time professor at a university. Um, and I turned it down actually in exactly because uh, I felt at that time I was working on an early version of Erster. This was the early 2000s, about 2003 to five. And I just felt that I didn't want to let go of the adventure and the potential impact of of trying to bring this new platform into the world you know it 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 would have been a comfortable and and in many ways a, a wonderful life doing that professor role but I, I chose the entrepreneurial option instead so you you know that that's not really a lesson I just that was a major fork in the road now I started learning lessons back then. I mean, that Erster didn't go all the way. Uh, we, we didn't, it had users actually. We had big companies using it. We had uh, large retailers using it and other large retailers asking for it. Um, but there, I, I continue to try to understand how we could have avoided um, the problems of that pathway one thing was I was really, I didn't have a business. I was a founder, I was a domain expert, as you say, I had creative ideas and I had hired programmers who did a wonderful job building out some of that vision and bringing their own creativity. And we had a working thriving tool, but we didn't have a working thriving business behind it. And I was at the mercy of um, universities, as a matter of fact, as a pathway, they were, the universities were in between the companies who wanted this tool and Erster as a company. And the universities started peeling off more and more of that money, unfortunately, and saying, well, how can we own this? And we weren't in a strong position. And um, it kind of, that, that, that's sort of how it um, began to, to be unfunded. You know, and the companies who wanted it couldn't get to us, couldn't get their money. They actually were were barred by the universities in between us and the and the companies. It was a shame. Um, so what I needed at that time um, were people with startup uh, experience, people with experience finding investment. I was naive too. I was really captured by the open source. Um, vision. There's a lot of ways in which Earthster still has a very open data community fostering dynamic to it, but there needs to be also a, a revenue models. You know, there need to be ways that resources come back to the, um, to the, to the software, to the platform and, and make it better and better. And um, we just didn't have those mechanisms, basic mechanisms in place. Um, one of the things that's special about Erster this time is that we seem to have both. We, and and um, we're told by investors that 
what's special about you guys is that you have people with some decades of LCA experience who understand the art of LCA, who understand the field and the players and the peculiarities and the methodology. Um, I think there are some other tool platform builders that that uh, they understand the business side and they're good coders, um, but they might not have that depth of domain experience. And so uh, I think we're in a better place this time, just with a broader team, a more complete team. So for me, it's uh, maybe simplifying a, bit, a little bit, but it's a great history, great learning about how the idea and the expertise sometimes is not enough because it, it's a common misunderstanding. I have an idea, I can build a business. Yeah. There are so many other elements that needs to be in place, like equaling, balancing the expertise with a business expertise, yes. being independent, having a plan, business models in place, etc. Like all of that matters. And no matter how great idea and how great expert you are, you still can fail or postpone the success, I would say. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's right. You know, there's something else um, that I very much appreciate on a daily basis about our team um, that we might have. And here it is. I'm not the only person who understands life cycle assessment with depth in our team. And I, I often find myself in consulting jobs and research projects, et cetera. I'm the LCA guy. And I'm familiar with that that role and that experience, but at least in Erster, surprisingly, one of the other co-founders also has years of experience teaching life cycle assessment and, and doing a life cycle assessment and critiquing life cycle assessment. So he and I can, I don't have to be the only LCA voice and that, that really helps, I think. It, um, and I'm not sure all the ways it's helping, but I could just feel it helping a lot. So I understand it in a way that you need to have a certain overlap and it also helps. Yeah. Not just someone there, there is a per business person, there is a more technical person and then we have nothing in common apart from the fact that we run a business together. Right. But rather we have both interest in whatever the, the product we want to bring to the market. That's, uh, that's right. Yes, that overlap issue is probably key. It certainly feels like it on this on this domain knowledge and it has to be on other aspects of the business certainly got it greg you gave us a great overview of the situation of life cycle assessment uh what's possible from a founder perspective of or basically someone who would like to make the assessment of their own products uh, you told us about the options available on the market and how earthstar can contribute to making very precise model models how the human factor is still um very very important in this equation mm -hmm. and also you shared some personal stories with us so many thanks for the conversation and for all the insights and thank you so much for being with us today thank thanks. you very much oh thank you my pleasure thank you guys for listening to this episode if you want to stay up to date with impact startup scene and hear directly from startup founders and investors sign up for ragnarsson invest newsletter at ragnarsson.com ri or click the link in the description Thank you.